Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. Warm welcome to everyone, those who are physically present, and those of you participating remotely through the Internet. We are a large and global group, especially if we count those servers out of incarnation, which we should, because we know they are actively participating in this full moon approach to Libra right along with us. The aspirants and disciples out of incarnation work differently than we do, and they naturally have a different perspective. But nevertheless, because the ashram is made up of every ray type and level of consciousness, the types of participation necessarily vary. The diversity of energies, experience, and working methods strengthens its effectiveness and enables it to function in the broadest manner. As we know, the full moon approach to the hierarchy is a five-day monthly ritual. Two days of preparation the day of safeguarding, the actual day of the full moon, and the two days afterwards, the days of distribution. We are not at a point where we can hold a spiritual tension for this entire period, but we can imagine that especially for the advanced members of the hierarchy, this process is a sacred ritual involving complete dedication and focus. We try to emulate their efforts. At the exact time of the alignment between the sun and the moon, when these celestial bodies pause on opposite sides of the earth, a channel is created which allows not only the extraplanetary energies to flow into the system through the sun, but also facilitates the free flow of energies around and within the three planetary centers of Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity. From earth, we approach the hierarchy literally on a band of light. This point in the full moon approach is the day of safeguarding, and we are very close to the exact time which will occur in a few hours. So we are building a group field, a point of unified tension which can help anchor cosmic energies into the earth and energetically contribute to the work of the Christ as he prepares to make his decision about when to manifest physically. His decision depends directly on the actions of humanity and whether or not we have implemented some of the conditions necessary for his appearance. A degree of peace in the world, a measure of true sharing of resources, the establishment of right human relations, and a recognition of the basic interconnectedness of all life and the soul in all living forms. Looking at the current situation, it's clear there is still a great deal of work to do in establishing these requirements. The full moon period provides the opportunity to reaffirm our own dedication to the implementation of the divine plan and to the preparation for the reappearance of the Christ, a voiced affirmation we make every Thursday in the meditation for the reappearance when we state, I have no other life intention. As we reflect on this affirmation, let us pause within the group field of tension and then say together the affirmation of the disciple. It's on the yellow cards on your seats. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God, and thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way, and thus I stand. 
and standing thus revolve, and tread this way the ways of men, and know the ways of God, and thus I stand. In the beginning of his commentary on Libra, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the Tibetan says, quote, much of its interest is based on the fact that it lacks spectacular interest of any kind, except in the case of disciples or those nearing the path. We might imagine that he said that last remark with a wink and a twinkle, <laughs> because the lessons of Libra are hugely important on the discipleship path the path that humanity is walking now. It comes as no surprise, then, that Libra rules the present interlude between the two ages of Pisces and Aquarius. The current disruption and uncertainty, while typical of a transition from one era into another, is still difficult and confusing for most people. Hence the importance of looking at things with a wide lens and with dispassion and detachment. <coughs> As we have observed the world today through the eyes of the soul, trying to see world events the way the hierarchy does, we must take the long and wide view with an inclusive perspective. This helps us see beyond the day-to-day -day personal difficulties and challenges. With this outlook, it is obvious that there is a gigantic balancing process going on in all areas of human living, a process ruled by Libra, the cosmic scales. Although it is said that in Libra there are not violent swings between the pairs of opposites, it doesn't currently seem that way. There are huge gaps between rich and poor, and still an imbalance between masculine and feminine energies and the roles of men and women. The voices of tolerance, inclusivity, and fairness appear to be drowned out by certain despotic and retrogressive leaders and there doesn't seem to be much progress in environmental sustainability and the preservation of nature. But this is part of the process. This collective examination of values and principles is an important part of the public debate, and the struggle to find the middle way is a process Libra requires and brings to the surface. <coughs> the word of the soul in Libra is, I choose the way which leads between the two great lines of force emphasizing how important the themes of choice and decision are on the discipleship path. In Libra, the soul stands poised and perfectly balanced at the midway point between the energy lines of spirit and matter, the ultimate pair of opposites. After many difficult lives of physical plane living and singular focus on material concerns, the soul's reflection, the physical man on earth, voices the demand for more light, and the soul, by law, responds to the pull of matter. As the soul's light irrevocably influences the personality, a long process of weighing values begins. Being exoterically ruled by Venus, Libra offers the benefit of a distinct quality of mind, a mental focus which is needed to clearly distinguish between all pairs of opposites and to make the proper decisions and choices, the choices that, in the end, will favor spiritual values. The light of the soul, focused through the mind, disperses the fogs of glamour, and it is through the mind that intelligent choices are made, which eventually tip the scales toward the truest and highest values. <clears throat> Libra represents the middle way, the so-called razor-edged path, first described by the Buddha, which all people must tread before being able to move forward into full expression of discipleship. Walking on this narrow way requires a refined sense of balance and a correct sense of proportion and moderation. The spiritual aspect must be able to express itself in form, while the form nature recognizes its limitations and relationship with its essential spiritual self. The two great lines of force, 
the polarities of spirit and matter are equally balanced in Libra. Neither dominates, and both come together through the soul. The point of balance between the two must be found, and this is the major challenge for most of humanity at this time. The teachings refer to great happenings during large sweeps of time in the evolutionary process. One event, if we can use such a word to describe thousands of years, that is so important to aspirants and disciples, is the fact that literally millions of people have moved or are moving onto the reversed wheel of the zodiac. And this reversal or turnaround happens in Libra. It is the place where after countless lifetimes, a stasis occurs where the desire nature changes its orientation away from purely material concerns and moves in the opposite direction towards spiritual aspiration. This change of direction naturally causes a crisis for both the soul and the personality. The soul on its own plane now becomes more alert to its aspiring reflection, and the personality, while resting in Libra, inwardly prepares for the struggle against the pull of matter, ending in the eventual fusion with soul light and the imminent struggle in Scorpio. We might imagine how this evolutionary movement of millions of people is viewed by the hierarchy and how it affects the ashram. Surely it must cause a crisis for that kingdom as well, because at this point, so many millions of people are preparing for initiation and entering the ashram. As the result of the spiritual aspiration of humanity, the masters and senior initiates have to adjust their methods and make plans to accommodate the increased influx of souls so that the balance in the ashram is not disturbed. D.K. comments that this reversing constitutes the real problem for the masses of intelligent men at this time. Libra is known in a curious turn of phrase as the sponsor of the law. To sponsor means to solemnly pledge, to guarantee, or to be responsible for. In this context, Libra guarantees the success of laws that embody the highest values, that are fair and right in the widest sense and apply to all people equally. Physical plane laws are made by people, all of them flawed, who in their legislative process are under the influence of the Libran energies and have to make choices that affect millions of people. What standards are they upholding? By what values are they choosing? Are they drafting punitive and unfair laws that target the weak and vulnerable, or are they upholding the legal system as the custodian of a positive righteousness? The judicial system is not yet guided by divine laws and is necessarily fluid as humanity evolves and develops a more sophisticated and mature understanding of the highest good. In many countries, the rule of law is only just beginning to be established as old patterns of tribalism and materialism are making way for the new energies of inclusivity and social justice. The judicial system is constantly being tested and challenged under the pressure of growing soul simulation, and this often results in ugly and acrimonious exchanges within courts and governments as the personality aspect rebels against soul light. But soul stimulation also results in the establishment of laws, practices, and policies that demonstrate more enlightened attitudes, raising the dignity and quality of life of people and communities. These are group activities, influenced by evolution and the progression of humanity onto the path of discipleship. More and more, we can observe the Aquarian principles being anchored in form and structures. More and more, we can see the manifestation of the seventh ray as the highest and the lowest meet, as spirit merges with matter. The practice of restorative justice is several decades old now and is an Aquarian approach to ameliorating the harm done by those who have committed violent crimes, or worse, crimes against humanity. According to the Center for Justice and Reconciliation, quote, Restorative justice is a theory of justice that emphasizes repairing the harm caused by criminal behavior. It is best accomplished through cooperative processes 
that include all stakeholders. This can lead to transformation of people, relationships, and communities." Unquote. Restorative justice emphasizes the inclusion of all participants in procedures and activities that convert the desire for revenge in response to a crime to one of compassion, tolerance, and understanding. Programs exist in over 40 countries and are led by people local to an area and indigenous to the community. It seeks to transform the response to crime from incarceration and harsh punishment to one where the perpetrators take responsibility and make amends to their victims. The victims' attitudes are transformed into forgiveness and compassion for the perpetrators, and the perpetrators learn the value of upright living and care for others through honest work. Peace is restored to the community. Most of the Tibetans' teaching was given during the period of the Great War, the time covered by what is commonly known as World War I and II from 1914 to 1945. He wrote extensively about the great battle between the forces of light and the dark forces, which, because of humanity's materialism and selfishness, had to be brought down and fought out on the physical plane. This, of course, caused difficult challenges, heartache, and much physical death to humanity. But in the end, the result was the triumph of the forces of light, of the rising soul influence. The forces of retrogression were defeated, <clears throat> but not entirely. The door where evil dwells is still open. Today, the battle between these two opposing forces is still going on, but at a higher turn of the spiral, now being fought out on the mental plane and presenting a clear choice for people. Shall it be material or spiritual values? Regarding this situation, the Tibetan comments, the hierarchy makes a distinction between the bewildered mass, the wrongly educated youth, and the obsessed leaders in all branches of the government. The latter are shells. They are the spirit of materialism embodied, devoid of all true feeling and perception, lacking the light of love and understanding, but powerfully animated by the energy of substance itself. They themselves have, have been evoked out of their evil past by the material side of humanity itself, and the potency of the massed selfishness of mankind. In like manner, the forces of light can be evoked in tremendous potency, but only by the massed aspiration and spiritual desires of the peoples of the earth. Of this evocation, there are already signs. The problem to be solved is, which aspect of humanity will finally triumph, spirit or matter? soul or personality. If spirit should triumph, a new feature, function, or quality of divinity will begin to manifest, the highest mind. If the spirit of man triumphs, then the aspect of true love in its divine nature and with its group emphasis will be possible. Such are the issues involved. Humanity is undergoing a crisis of balance a search and yearning for peace, justice, and free choice. In the 70-plus years since those words were written, the signs of the evocation of the spiritual aspect are clear. There are people of goodwill everywhere in the world performing acts of simple kindness and caring for those in need. There are spiritual groups in every profession and meditation groups in every town. There is even a meditation app where one can meditate in real time with thousands of people. There are literally millions of groups, well documented by Paul Hawken in his book Blessed Unrest, who are working to make the world a better place, a world where freedom of choice, of religion, and a balance between the feminine and masculine principles is achieved. Just recently, at the beginning of this full moon period, People all over the world celebrated the United Nations International Day of Peace on September 21st. There were gatherings, peace pole plantings, and meditation vigils, some of which sound the great invocation every 15 minutes, all around the world. 
Although true peace seems to be a distant goal in many places, all people desire the kind of peace that a true balance brings. <clears throat> and this voiced aspiration of humanity will ultimately evoke the spirit of peace and the reappearance of the Christ. The evocation of the forces of light is central to our work. We know that ultimately they and we will prevail, and at this critical time of the shift into Aquarius, we must embrace our existence in the material world and realize that the spiritualization and redemption of matter is the divine work of the planetary logos, the spiritual hierarchy, and all of humanity. Keynote of the full moon approach to the hierarchy. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light, and lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known.
higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
Meditation on the Seed Thought for Libra I choose the way which leads between the two great lines of force.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good, pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center,
forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org.